So Christmas movies bring me a lot of joy. They get me into the Christmas spirit. Um, right now, ABC Family is constantly on at my house. Um, just the other night, we watched, um, what was it, National Lampoon's Christmas, which is so hysterical. I love that movie. I love Chevy Chase. Um, we watched Fred Claus for the first time. That was pretty funny. I kind of liked it. It wasn't too bad. It was an interesting take on everything. But there is one Christmas movie that really gets me into the Christmas spirit every year. And it's not really Christmas for me until I see these movies. And that is Home Alone. Those are the best Christmas movies around. All right, wait, you guys agree with me. And if you don't, you have the right to be wrong because those are my absolute favorite movies. I love them. I can quote almost every line. In fact, let me give you guys a part real quick, and I'm sure some of you can say it with me. I'll tell you what you get, snakes. I'll give you the count of ten. To get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. And he lights him up and he does that evil laugh. And then he says what? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Close, close. Someone jumped it a little bit. But um, one of Doug's kids, Landon, he recently, about a couple of years ago, found out the beauty that is Home Alone. And he is so into it. And he knows a lot of the lines, and me and him were talking about it. And I have two favorite characters in um, Home Alone, and one of them is Uncle Frank. He is just so perfect in every way. And I love in the second movie when um, Kevin kind of accidentally goes into the bathroom, and there is Uncle Frank taking a shower, and he's singing, and Kevin's recording him, and he gets that little clip, right? And so that's important later on in the movie, because when he's living in the hotel all by himself, someone tries to break in and to like kind of find him out to realize that he's by himself. And so Kevin has this inflatable clown that he sets up in the shower, and he plays the Uncle Frank thing. And what Uncle Frank, the famous line from that part of the movie, is this. Get out of here, you little pervert, before I slap you silly, right? So that was just one of my favorite lines. So me and Landon are joking, talking about that. And we happen to be at a Christmas party while we're talking about this. And Andrew hasn't got in yet. And so I tell Landon, and at the time, he's probably about, I don't know, like four or five years old. And I tell him, when Andrew walks in, tell him, get out of here, you little pervert, before I slap you silly in front of everyone. And so now we're, this is with all the pastors on staff, like his grandpa's there. Andrew walks in, and sure enough, Landon walks right up to him and says, get out of here, you little pervert, before I slap you silly. And everyone is just looking around like, what is going on? So I love Home Alone, and I love Christmas movies, because it definitely gets me into the Christmas spirit. I love that movie. It's so funny. But um, this is supposed to be the most joyful time of the year, right? It's exciting for all of us. Um, the idea of presents coming soon is probably exciting for some of you guys to get some new stuff. The thought of getting together with family soon, some taking some time off from school for some of you guys. You guys get two weeks off. For some of you guys, we get to go on a winter retreat in a little bit. This is supposed to be a really happy time of the year with a lot of good things happening. I mean, you can't escape it. It's everywhere. They market it to us on TV. It's like they're trying to sell us joy this time of the year. It's, it's everywhere. It's in the Christmas songs. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's everywhere we go during this time of the year. But here's what I know. I know for a lot of people, this is a really hard time of the year because it reminds us of some things that are maybe not going so good in our life today. For some of you guys, the Christmas time reminds you of someone that you lost that's no longer with you, that's, that's passed away. And you think about those memories and those times that you share together, and it's really hard for you 
to face the holidays sometimes because of that, because of those memories that you have and how much you miss that person. For some of you guys, it reminds you of the brokenness in your family. Maybe your parents aren't together anymore and the holidays aren't what they used to be. And so it's really hard for you to get together with your family because there's a lot of broken memories attached with the holidays. And so that's a really painful thing to go through. And then some of you guys, just as much as you try to be joyful this time of the year, maybe you struggle with depression. You just have a hard time finding the happiness and joy in life today. So just because it's being marketed to us and it's because being told by everyone, I know that there's probably some people that have a really hard time during this season. It's really hard for them to find happiness and joy as they go through this season in their life. And maybe some of you guys just plan for your life to look differently and you don't know why it looks the way it does this year. And so that's just really hard for you. You wish your life was different. You thought by this Christmas you would have changed this or broken this habit or things would have been really different. And so it reminds you of all these painful things. And, and, and here's what I think a big part of the reason why we don't have happiness and joy as consistently as we want, guys, is because we invest our happiness in the wrong things. We invest our happiness in the wrong things. A lot of us invest our happiness into things, material things. It's such a big marketing tool this time of the year. You'll see commercials that if you get this kind of car or if you guys get this kind of toy, then you'll be happy. You get this kind of gaming system, then you will finally know happiness in your life. And, and, and we love things, right? That we feel like things make us happy. Materialistic things are gonna fill that void that we all have in our heart. And guys, maybe for you that that doesn't seem like such a big deal, but there are so many people who buy into that lie. That's why people run up their credit card bills during Christmas because they feel like by swiping that card and getting that thing that they'll finally be happy, that they'll finally be uh, satisfied. And this world loves to push that on people, that as long as you can go to that next level in your house or with your car, and this is a future lie that will be told to you guys. And it's so important that you guys see through that tonight. I've been getting an iPhone since the iPhone 3G. So that's a really long time ago. And when I first got it, guys, I felt so happy. I loved it. I thought it was just the coolest thing. But then what happens? It begins to not be so cool anymore. You get used to it. After a week, it doesn't make you feel the same way that it did anymore. And by a couple months into it, you're just used to it. You just enjoy it. And at one time, it made me so happy. And then you get the new one, and you feel happy for a little bit. But, but then it goes away, right? And see, did it ever really make me happy if it's not sustained? Or, or is that just a feeling that I had or, or a lie that I bought into that by having this thing that it would make me happy? Did I, did I think it was so cool and make it, it made me feel so good just because everyone else has it? Because that's what the popular thing is to have right now. And I think that's the thing with materialistic things sometimes. So we buy into the lie of culture. And then some of you guys, you place and you invest your happiness into your circumstances, into what's going on around you in your life right now and what your, your goals are. For some of you guys, your happiness is attached to a sports team you're in right now. And you feel like as long as you know you're doing good and you're playing good out there 
on the basketball court, then you'll be happy. For some of you guys, you just feel like life is just going well today. You're, you're really musical and you've invested your happiness into that. And you feel like, all right, one day I'm gonna become a musician. This is gonna take me far. But guys, that is a really dangerous place to be because there will always be someone who's better at a sport than us. There will always be someone who's better musically than us. And life will always throw hard circumstances at us. Your happiness is just found in how well your life is going tonight. And life will not stay on that course that every person in this room is gonna go through some really hard and dark days. And so when those times come, you will lose your happiness because you've invested it so deeply into those things. And so I think we need to rethink this. Um, I was thinking about a time where I really, I, I was so excited because I was promised to go to a firehouse and stay there overnight with my, with my cousin. His dad was a firefighter. And to me, that was gonna be like just the coolest thing. And, and I had it on my calendar for a month. And all, like what I was living for that month like was the happiness to come from that event and from that circumstance that was gonna happen to me. And I, I was just so pumped about it. I was gonna go down the fire pole, man. I was gonna ride on the truck. Like these were actual things I was gonna do. I was so pumped up about this event. But the night before, I came down with a hundred and something fever and I wasn't able to go and I was crushed after that. All the happiness that I had felt leading up to that was suddenly gone because why? My circumstances had changed. I invested my happiness into something that wouldn't end up happening. And I think we do that with so many things in our lives. Some of you guys are invested in a relationship right now. You're dating someone and you have just given them just all your happiness. Then you feel like that person will satisfy you, that their friendship and then their love is gonna be enough for you. But what happens when that person breaks up with you and moves on? It's a tough thing to go through, but you learn through that situation that you've invested your happiness in the wrong thing. And that's why it's so important that we realize that we invest our happiness in the right things and we see what the right thing is. And this is what's at stake tonight is you will be the kind of person who lives your life through patterns because there will be fleeting moments of happiness in these other things and it will last for a little bit, but then you'll hit low lows and you'll have high highs. But I think something we all want is to be consistently happy to really know joy, to be satisfied in life. I think that's something that really, why they market so strong to us because everyone wants a real piece of joy. Everyone really wants to know happiness on a real level. And we chase so many different things that probably or most definitely won't satisfy us. And tonight we're gonna look at a portion of scripture that I hope will open up a lot of your eyes tonight. And will show you that maybe you've been investing in the wrong things. And it's time for some of you guys to change that and see what you should be investing in. And so we're gonna be in Philippians chapter four, verse 11 tonight. This is what it says in verse 11. I'm not saying this now, this is Paul speaking, because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. And so Paul is breaking for us the first idea that I was talking to you guys about, about things. He says, I know what it's like to have a lot of things. Before 
um, Paul was really a disciple for Jesus, he was a very high-standing official. And he, he probably had accumulated some wealth during this time. He, he probably lived pretty well. So he knew what it was like to have things, to have all the materialistic things that so many people live their lives seeking after. And he also knew on the other side of it what it was like to not have anything. As a disciple, he went through some really hard times. And, and he tells us up front, and, and this word content is it's important for us because it's not the name of the series joy, but it means the same thing. To be content is to be satisfied. And it, it is a very close meaning with joy. It's, it's, he's good. He's good to go. He feels um, just peace and a happiness towards his situation. So he's able to say tonight, whether he has a lot or he has a little, that he could still be happy. That is so the opposite of so many people in our world today. They accumulate so much debt seeking what they believe is the American dream that if they finally have the right car and the right number in their bank account, and this is sold to you guys all the time, that you'll finally be held, uh, that you'll finally be where you want, you'll finally be happy. Or that if you work out enough and you get the right body, or if you just looked like more like this person, or you dress and you have those kind of clothes, that you would really be happy. And Paul says, I know what it's like to have both, and I'm content either way. And that's something that we really need to think about tonight. And let me phrase it like this. Let's say you guys wake up Christmas morning, right? And you run downstairs, and there is not a single present underneath the tree. How would you feel that morning? If I was being honest, I would be so upset. I, I would feel devastated. Why? Why is that? I, I would have no feeling of being content that morning if that was my case. Because I've placed way too much of my happiness towards things. How many things did you get for last Christmas do you not even still have to this day? How many things do you not even wear anymore that you don't even use anymore? But you play so much joy in it just a year ago. It was the thing that made you happy. And now it doesn't even mean anything to you because we've placed our joy in meaningless things. And I'm sure if most of you guys were honest, you would answer the same way that I did. You'd be devastated. You'd be upset if there was nothing under the tree. And we need to search our hearts tonight if that's true. Because Paul says he can still be content if the tree was full, if the tree was empty. If it was full of tons of great things or there was nothing there, he could still have joy in that moment. Man, that, when you think about it like that, it hits me so hard tonight. How much joy that I have placed in meaningless things. Andy Stanley says this, that no thing can make you happy but people or more specifically, a person can, is that no thing can make you happy. You can think of whatever it is in your life today. One of the things that I really love, a materialistic thing in my life that I really love today, and I'll be honest with you guys, is I love my Jeep. I am all about my Jeep. It's one of my favorite things that I own. But guess what? I, I've gotten used to it. it. It doesn't, I'm not as excited to jump in the driver's seat as I once was. It, it doesn't help me Guys, catch this. It doesn't help me when I'm having a bad day. 
yeah, I can get in it, and it's pretty cool. But it, it's never really done anything for me. And if I was driving another car, I could, I could probably be just as content. Things do not satisfy. They do not bring happiness. Let's go to this next part of the verse. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So now Paul is talking to some of you guys that have placed your happiness into situations in your life, the things that are going on, the way that life is unfolding for you today. He says that I've learned the secret to it. I can be happy whether life is going really well tonight or life is going really bad tonight. See, Paul is writing this letter right now from a jail cell as he is chained probably to a wall or to a guard. He is writing this letter right now. And he's able to say that he has joy, that that he's content with his situation. How does that make any sense? Paul, what is this secret that you are talking about? Because I think we all need to realize it. Matthew Henry said this, and I want to share this with you guys in his commentary on this portion of scripture. He said, he was in bonds and imprisonment and in necessity, often but often, but in all he had learned to be content. That is to bring his mind to his condition and make the best of it. Now, Henry gives away the secret right here, but I, I don't want to reveal it to you guys just yet until we get to this next verse. Maybe some of you guys have already picked up on it. But you can have joy in the middle of your hard season right now. Let's go back a little bit. Something I was talking about earlier. Some of you guys that have a really hard time during the holidays because of a loved one that's gone or you remember how broken your family is or you just, you're just someone who's been dealing with depression lately. Paul would say to you that as a Christian, you can be content through these things. You can get through these hard times and not just with a frown on your face, but with real joy through these moments. You can do it. Let's see what he writes next in verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now this is one of the most misquoted verses in all the Bible. People take it out of context. This verse does not mean, and, and this is, this is going to be a little bit of a ridiculous analogy, but people make it seem like this sometimes. If I walked into the middle of 347 tonight, and there was a car coming by really fast, and I said, I can stop this car through Christ who strengthens me, I would get hit by a car and probably die. Christ would not strengthen me in that moment. Because it's so funny, I see athletes say this all the time. And they take it totally out of the context that Paul was talking to. That I can beat this team through Christ who strengthens me. No, no. What Paul is saying is he's saying that I can do all these things, whether I have a little or a not, through Christ who gives me the strength. I can go through anything that this life throws at me through Christ. Because my joy is set on him, not on my circumstances. Because we need to learn from Paul tonight. We need to invest our joy deeper into Jesus. And you can know what true contentment is. 
through anything. Let me go a little bit deeper. Paul was content because he knew this, is that there was a baby who was born. And through that baby, God had a great plan. And the plan was for Paul. The plan was for me. And the plan was for you. And that baby was born to grow up into a man who would one day carry every wrong thing that you and I would ever do. And that baby who became a man would be beaten for you and I. And through his, be- through his torture, through all the lashes, and through the cross that he carried and was nailed on, you and I would know eternal life. That yeah, we'll go through really hard days and really dark moments in this life. But if we have Jesus, but if Jesus is the thing that we are fully invested in and what is coming in our future, then we can go through any situation with contentment. Let, let, me, guys, let me give you guys a little thought process here. There's something really bad that you want for Christmas. It's the only thing that you really want and you can think about. It's, it's, it's just got your whole attention span throughout the whole season. You just want this one thing. If you get this one thing, then everything will be okay. It doesn't even matter anything else that you get. And Christmas morning, you open up everything. And the first thing you see is, is that great thing that you wanted. But all the other presents are not so good. They're, they're kind of trashy. They're not what you expected. But you know what? In that moment, you don't care about those other presents because you got the one thing that really matters to you. And see, we forget so easily that without this baby being born, guys, you and I would spend forever in hell, suffering, our shame would overtake us tonight. And Paul is someone who knew shame in his life. He knew how dark his soul was and he knew what a great price Jesus paid for him. He knew what mattered the most. His eyes were focused on the most important thing. See, I wanna go back to that Henry quote real quick because Henry says this. He was in bonds and imprisonment and necessities often, but in all he had learned to be content. That is to bring his mind to the condition and make the best of it. Make the best of it because he knew he already had the best of it. Yeah, that there would be some really dark days in this life, but he had Jesus. But he had Jesus. And it's so important that we catch this because Henry reveals this. It was a choice that Paul made. It was a choice that Paul made in that prison cell to have joy. And the same is for you and I tonight. See, we can focus on the mess and the hard things and all the things that we wish that we could change tonight. Or we can focus on Jesus and what he's done through us. And Paul, as he's sitting in the prison cell, goes, yeah, this is really terrible. This stinks that I'm here. Paul didn't actually even know if he was going to get out. He could have died in that prison cell. I'm sure there were 
tons of doubts running through his mind. But Jesus had already given him the most important thing, the most important thing that could ever be given to someone. And you know what? In this life, there may be some really difficult moments where, there, where your life is full of tears and things that you wish that you could change. But Jesus said there will be a day when he will wipe away every tear from your eye. Every hard thing, all sickness will be removed and we will know complete joy. Guys, joy is a choice that we make. Either we can focus on all the bad that's going on or we can focus on Jesus and all that he's done for us in our lives. And here's what I don't want you guys to think. I don't want you to say that Joey said that we can't ever have a sad day because that's not true. Solomon, one of the smartest kings to ever live, said that in Ecclesiastes that, that there is a time for everything. There's a time for sadness and there's just time for joy. But I'm talking to those of you guys that are in routines of just sadness coming over you, depression. The way you start to break it is by choosing joy today. Jesus won't force it on you. I, I know a ton of Christians that struggle with this. And it starts with a choice by recognizing that things aren't perfect. But Jesus has done so much and he will do so much. So whatever you go through, no matter how dark it is, you can choose joy. I want to read to you guys this Louis Giglio quote. Focus less on your wounds and more on the wounds of Jesus that he bore for you. Both are real, but his can heal. And I'm not trying to minimize your pain tonight, guys. I'm really not. I get that some of you guys have some really legitimate reasons why sometimes you get sad. But if you choose to dwell on that, you're not gonna go anywhere. But here's what you can do, is you could choose con contentment tonight and you could choose to focus on Jesus and his wounds because his wounds can heal. They can set you free from some of the tough things that you're going in tonight. I, and, and I'm not just saying, okay, choose happiness and pretend like everything's like terrible around you. No, as you choose joy, you choose to be content in the middle of your hard situation, Jesus will give you that strength that you need to be joyful through that moment. That's why Paul says what he says, is that God will give me the strength. Not the crazy way that some Christians misuse it, but through the way that he was saying it, that you could have joy and God will supply it. But it starts with a choice that I'm gonna choose joy today to look at all the good things that God has done instead of focusing on all the other things. And God will supply you through that. And so what do you do? Because this doesn't seem like just the most practical thing. Yeah, you can make that choice. But, but, but what's one way that you really could seek happiness this season if you're really hurting, if you're really just in a rut of sadness. Here's what you can do. You can serve someone else. And I know that sounds so counterproductive to everything that we know. But there is something in us that wasn't made to be selfish, yet so many of us live such a selfish life. We were made to be selfless. And when you do that, 
real happiness is released. Throughout the Bible, we, we, we see this, that, that we were meant to lay down our lives for others and to help others. And some of the, through those times are some of the realest times that I felt like real, real joy in my life as I did what I was made to do. You know, I, I was going through a season of something really hard and, and I got this advice and someone said, why don't you just go serve someone for a little bit? And I was like, great, well, what am I gonna do? Well, what do you mean go serve someone? But I found someone to serve and as I did, my eyes came off my problems and off my sadness for a little bit. And I was able to look at someone else and pour into their life. And as I was helping them, man, I felt real joy. I felt real happiness because you and I were made to do these kinds of things. And so if you're really stuck in that deep routine tonight, try serving someone else. Try living for someone besides yourself. And I I guarantee that you will experience real joy in some way. Pouring yourself out is replenishing. And so here's the bottom line tonight that I so desperately want you guys to get. Some of you guys that have just been so sad lately, stuck in, in those situations, is that joy is a choice. So simple. The next time you feel that sadness come on you, just say, I- I'm not gonna go down that road. I'm gonna choose joy today because Jesus has done so much Joy is choosing to realize Jesus has given you everything you really need despite the imperfections in life, that he satisfied you. A real encounter with Jesus will show you this, that he is joy and he is life. And we need to invest our joy in him, not earthly, material things, guys, that will never satisfy us. So think about that this uh, Christmas when you go to open up your presents. What is your contentment really found in? What is your joy really found in this Christmas? The baby that was born for you to give you everything or things of this world. Joy is a choice. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room tonight, God. And I pray, God, just for someone who has just been stuck in just a routine of sadness lately, God, I pray that you would Just help them to choose joy today, God, that they would see what you've done for them in a new and real way, God. That we would learn Paul's secret tonight, God. That we can do anything through Christ who strengthens us through these difficult times, whether we have a little or we have a lot, whether life is going the way we want or not, that we can know real contentment. I pray, God, for someone who just has a really hard time during the holidays, Lord, that it just reminds them of all the brokenness, God. I pray that they would give them, that they would give you their hurts tonight, God, and they would lay them at their feet. Instead of focusing on all the bad that's happening and all the pain, that they would really go to you, God, that they would invest that happiness in you tonight, Jesus, and they would see a great return on it that they would see a great reward, that it's just not this um, psychological thing where they choose joy, but there's a spiritual side to it, that you do something miraculous on the other side as we choose joy, as we choose to focus on you instead of the chaos, instead of the madness. I pray that we would be people like Paul, who in the middle of a storm of craziness, that we could say, 
It's okay. I got Jesus, and he's going to give me the strength to get through this, to push through, and to endure. In your name we pray. Amen.